Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Author Glass Podcast. This is your host, Z. Thanks for joining me. And for those who are liking the content, make sure to subscribe, tell a friend, let them know that we are on every major listening outlet. The whole site is Spreaker.com. We can also be found over on iHeartRadio, Spotify.com, and of course, Apple iTunes. Man, the NBA is back. It's been exciting the last couple of weeks. I haven't dropped a podcast in a while, so I want to kind of sit back and watch a lot of storylines. I mean, for those who are complaining, the NBA is in a great place right now. A lot of great talent, a lot of great storylines. So without further ado, let's cover a few news and notes real quick. It was announced today that Tyron Lu was relieved of his coaching duties. He was fired in Cleveland. And this just shows the examples I keep harping on. You have some organizations that are well run in the NBA. Not going to go through that list again. I've named them several times. But then you have the other side of the spectrum. And this is an example of Cleveland Cavaliers. When LeBron James had announced his announcement that he was going to join the Los Angeles Lakers, in my opinion, they already knew that Tyron Lue was probably not fit or the kind of coach they was looking for to do a rebuild. So in my opinion, they should have fired him this summer, tore the thing completely down, traded Kevin Love, even see if you can get off J.R. Smith. I mean, I guess you can keep Tristan Thompson. He's still kind of young, decent salary. And then let's do rebuild this thing. You drafted Colin Sexton. You had Larry Nance Jr. Let's see what Jordan Clarkson got, Rodney Hood. And don't even worry about being competitive. Play for the lottery. The draft is loaded. Everybody's been talking about with the guys down there at that university in North Carolina, Zion Williamson. You got Barrett. It's a lot of great players, again, in this draft, so why not get ready for the lottery? But to bring him back, you I don't know what kind of start they thought they was going to get off to. They 0-6, and then to fire him after six games is just distasteful, and it's not surprising. They've been through so many GMs in so many years, so many coaches, and again, I get it. We make the jokes that LeBron was the coach anyway, and you know Tyron Lue couldn't really do this, and he didn't make decisions and all that. And I just don't think all that's true. Don't get me wrong; the NBA is unique in basketball compared to other levels. Yes, the star players have a lot of input. The star players help with the plays, 
But to go far as to say that they really just doing all the coaching, I think that's an insult to Tyron Lue and the hard work he's put in. Of course, LeBron James is going to have input. It's LeBron James. He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But to think that Tyron Lue is this kind of puppet over there that's not coaching the game is not fair. Now, I will say this. He wasn't the, the best at X's and O's. He was okay. But in the NBA, sometimes managing egos and personalities is just as important as X and O's. You have a lot of coaches that know the X and O's, but don't know how to deal with people, don't know how to relate to their players, don't know how to um, you know, get that message across in the proper way. So it takes a balance of both. So for them to let him go like this when they knew deep down inside he wasn't going to be their coach that they wanted to rebuild with, just is another example of a poorly run organization. Looks like Larry Drew is going to kind of fill in the gap right now, but Larry Drew is nobody's fool. He said he wants a long, not a long-term deal, but he want to make sure he's locked in to make sure that he's not going to just get shown the door as well. So we'll see how this saga unfolds. And speaking of LeBron James, former Cleveland Cavalier, he recently just passed Dirk Nowinski as the sixth all-time leading scorer on in NBA history. He did it the other night in San Antonio. A game that they lost. It was a very close game, but they ended up losing. So now the only people ahead of LeBron now is Wilt, Michael, Kobe, Carl Malone, and Kareem. LeBron currently has 31,202 points. So he should definitely pass Wilt this year and more than likely will pass Jordan as well. So I'll put him fourth behind Kobe and Carl Malone. I think he definitely has a legit chance to become the all-time leading scorer. And, of course, this is going to bring in those debates about him being the greatest of all time. I'm not going to jump off, stand, jump away from this. I'm going to continue to say that Jordan is the greatest of all time. Again, we could use all the different examples, but I just don't remember Michael doing some of the things that LeBron did. So even though this is another great milestone, um, LeBron is definitely going down as the top three, top two of all time, but he will never be my GOAT in my book. I'm sorry, but salute to the king. Another honor, another accomplishment, another record. So with that being said, let's jump to some of these storylines. The one thing I keep hearing everywhere is pace, pace, pace. Everybody's playing so much faster, the pace, the pace. But what does pace really mean? Is playing fast a good thing? Who are some of the leaders in pace? These are just some of the things I was looking at. And when I went to www.espn.com and you look at Hollinger, John Hollinger's team stats, and you look at some of the numbers, and right now, if we look at pace, hold on, my phone froze up. Sorry about that. But if we look at pace, currently right now, these are some of the teams, the top team and top 10, and this is the pace that they're playing at. So basically, pace is the number of possessions a team uses per game. So right now, we have 109, 109, 109, 108, 108, 107, 106, 106, 105, and 105 rounding out the top 10. Now, I did the numbers on purpose. I wanted to prove my point. Pace doesn't always equate to great basketball. Here's your number one team in pace, the Atlanta Hawks. The Washington Wizards, New Orleans is three, the Lakers are four, Sacramento is five, Milwaukee is six, OKC is seven, Philly is eight, Minnesota is nine, Golden State is ten. So out of the ten teams, you really only have three good teams. You have Golden State, 
You have New Orleans this year that's been playing well, and you have Milwaukee, and Philly's been okay. They've been they've been good, so I give you Philly. So you got four out of ten that are actually good to great teams that are going to make the playoffs. The rest of the teams are not good at all. Atlanta's terrible. Sacramento's terrible. OKC just got their first win. Minnesota, we already know the Carl Towns, Jimmy Butler saga. And, you know, with that real quick, because I don't want to spend too much time waiting in the weeds. You know what? We'll come back to that because there is some stuff going on with that. But it just means that you're taking a lot of shots. doesn't mean you're running quality offense or getting good shots just because you're getting up a lot of shots. Now, if we go over to his offensive efficiency rating, and let's organize that real quick. And um, and let's see who to read. Now, offensive efficiency, according to this, is the number of points a team scores per 100 possessions. So if we look at this, it's amazing how the list flips. So your offensive efficiency is 115, 114, 114, 113, 112, 111, 111, 111, 111. 111. And I want to say the last one's 109. So who are the teams leading in offensive efficiency? No surprise, Golden State, New Orleans, Portland, Toronto, who's undefeated, San Antonio, Indiana, Charlotte, Milwaukee, Lakers, Sacramento. So I got to give Sacramento a little bit of props. Their efficiency ain't too bad, even though they're up there in pace. But what's the theme? Golden State. New Orleans, Portland, Toronto, San Antonio, Indiana. You only really have two teams, and I'll give you two and a half because the Lakers, are, they're going to be better. I think they're going to be somewhere in the middle. They're not going to be as high as what some people think. They're not going to make the conference finals, but they're not going to be the eighth seed either. So I'll give you that, but still, 77 to eight other teams are really good teams. Our playoff teams are great teams. So again, just because somebody's playing fast doesn't mean that they're playing great. And since I got the stat open, let's just look at defense efficiency. Let's see who's playing some of the best defense right now. Again, defensive efficiency, the number of points a team allows per 100 possessions. And right now, you got two teams keeping teams under 100 at their uh, efficiency, 93 and 95. So Boston's one. Again, Milwaukee's two. Denver has been a surprise of the, of the season. If they can keep up playing their defense, they'll really take a big step this year. And they still haven't even got... Isaiah Thomas back um, from his injury or Michael Porter Jr. Um, Memphis is right there. Indiana, Toronto again, who's undefeated. Utah, no shock. Golden State, Miami. Atlanta's 10, so not bad. But again, some of your top teams in the league is playing great defense. So those are the numbers I tend to look at. Offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Um, Pace necessary, like I said, doesn't really mean anything. And also, too, another reason why the numbers have been high as far as the points, a lot of scoring, seeing a lot of 130s, 140, a couple 140s, 120s, is because in basketball, sometimes the offense is ahead of the defense after training camp. So what I mean is, especially in the NBA or even in college, you know, you have guys transfer, guys get drafted, whatever, guys graduate. NBA, you get new signings, um, player movement. So you have to gel. You know, defense really takes a lot of, Jailing. It takes a lot of communication. You have to know each other's tendencies. You have to learn the system. Offense, you can kind of get up there, you know, whether you're running complicated sets. So nowadays, it's a lot of um, dribble penetration or, or pick and roll offense. You can kind of get by running that. 
But defense, it takes a little bit more time to build that cohesion, to build that trust as a unit to be a better defensive team. So again, it's still early in the season. I think those numbers will come back down. I don't think people are going to be scoring a lot of points. I think the pace is going to come back down a little bit, not a lot. Because right now, they're already, the pace is the highest it's been in right now in NBA history. I looked at the stats on basketball reference. It's the highest it's been in, in, in a while. And um, the last thing with pace is, too, there's been a, a few extra possessions because of the rule change with the shot clock. So if you're not aware, if an uh, offensive team gets an offensive rebound, it doesn't reset to 24. It sets back to 14. So I think that's another thing. Um, that's been affecting the pace is the fact that you get a few extra possessions, which was designed to keep the game exciting, speed up the game a little bit. Excuse me. Get something to drink real quick and speed up the game real quick. So let's give this pace thing a chance to kind of balance itself out, kind of regress back to the mean a little bit. And that's something I'm going to keep an eye on as the season continues to go on. Another some of the already starting lines Man, I should have stuck with my gut and picked Toronto over Boston. And I'm not panicking over Boston because it's a few things going on with Boston. Then we'll get to Toronto. But Boston's offense hasn't looked sharp. They haven't looked like they've been on the same page. And it's to be expected, in my opinion, because you lose Gordon Hayward early to the injury. So Jason Tatum, who looks like a bona fide superstar, he'll probably be an all-star this year. Jalen Brown, they step up, they get a lot of minutes, they get a lot of confidence. Then you had Kyrie go down in the, during the season, so Terry Rozier had to step up, play fabulous in the playoffs. It looks like he's going to get him a big bag at the end of the end of the season. So you had these guys who look fresh, they get rhythm, confidence is through the roof. They look like they just played, you know, two weeks ago, before, like the season just ended two weeks ago, and they picked up right where they left off at, while Kyrie and Gordon Hayward is going to be rusty. And now that these new players have been empowered, you're going to have to find a way to kind of get them back in and work in. Kyrie's looking better um, in the last couple games, but then he had the game yesterday where he didn't play that much. Um, not quite 100%, 100% sure what that is, but something to keep an eye on. Tatum had his superstar moment already. I mean, he dunked on LeBron last year, but he had that game uh, a week or so ago in the garden when he was able to take the ball late. He scored the last six points, two free throws, had a dunk, and then he had the dream shake fadeaway over Tim Hardaway Jr. when they was trying to get the ball to Kyrie, and he closed the game out. So, again, though, the identity of the Celtics, they still tend to struggle scoring at the rim. They don't get to the free throw line. Um, a lot of jump shots. So, offensively, they're still not sharp, even though the talent's there. We, we assume as a far-gone conclusion that they're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals and make it out the East, but um, something to you know pay attention to. You know, Kyrie came out and put his eggs all in one basket and basically said that he's going to resign with Boston. Now, again, he could change his mind. You know, we'll sit back and we'll see, but um, it's interesting because I know he didn't get asked out of Cleveland to be the number two behind Tatum, so I posed the question, in my blog post, you know, when I was talking about my three takeaways early in the season is do Danny Ainge and the Celtics put Kyrie in a trade package now to get Anthony Davis and hold on to Tatum? It's something to think about. So we're going to have to monitor that situation. But again, I'm not too worried about Boston, but it is something to point out that they have not looked sharp, that they have struggled offensively. 
And again, like I said, I should have stuck to my, my, my gut. The team who's looked fantastic has been Toronto. And my only thing to give it pause was Kawhi's health. But I should have stuck with my gut because I wrote, again, another blog post about um, players posed to have a breakout season. And I put two of Toronto's players on there. OG Ananobi and pass out Siakam, who's looked fantastic, and both of them look good. And shouts out to Nick Nurse. So far, he's making a transition from the assistant coach to the head coach. He's doing well. He's got them playing well. The lineups he's using, he's gotten them to buy in that everybody, you know, they do different lineups. So some nights, maybe Valanciunas starts at center. Other nights, he's been rolling out. Serge Ibaka at the five, which is some is long overdue. He's better as a small ball five. And they've been getting great minutes from Danny Green, which was a great pickup, man. A great pickup. I could see Danny Green in Philly right now because Philly needs another wing real bad. But we'll get to Philly in a second. Um, Siakam, I said, again, it's looked good. Van Bleek coming off the bench has looked good. Lowry has played well. He shot the ball well. They are a really, really good team. So regardless if Kawhi Leonard signs long term, they got some really great players. And what I like about their team, they have guys who are very versatile, can guard many positions can pass and shoot the ball and create shots. They're just a very good team. And then you throw in the fact that Kawhi looks like Kawhi again. He's been killing the mid-range game. He's been giving them that that superstar talent that they need to add to close the game. So I'm, I'm going to say it now, go on record, man. I, I, I should have stuck to my guns, but I'm going to pick them now, man. Toronto, to me, is, is, is coming out the East, man. Toronto looks Really impressive, man. They are undefeated right now. They look impressive. So, you know, the other team that's looked real impressive is not surprised because I thought Coach Budenholzer was going to do a great job in Milwaukee with changing that offense. And finally, finally, thank you, God. Thank you, baby Jesus, that they was going to give Giannis the space that he needs to operate. Operate, excuse me. Chris Milliton, again, he looks like somebody's out here trying to get him a big bag shooting the ball at, correct, at an incredible pace, something he's not going to keep, keep up. He's going to come back to earth. But right now, he's shooting like 65% from three. They're getting up threes. Brooke Lopez, what a signing it was that. And again, I don't know. I can't remember. So if somebody sees this and you listen to this, please tweet this at me. Why did the Lakers let him go again? Because I don't remember it being a salary issue because L.A. really could use him now I don't want to get off on L.A., but JaVale McGee has played well. But, man, Lopez has really looked good in Milwaukee. He's shooting a three now well. Giannis is is right on pace, and he's the early favorite, him and Anthony Davis, for their play to be MVP, and rightfully so, along with Steph Curry. We'll get to Steph in a second. But Milwaukee, man, and if you're Philly, you got to be watching Milwaukee because it's clear that Toronto and Boston are the two top teams, and we just assume – Philly was going to be right there with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and rightfully so, but Wilson Chandler hasn't really played. He's been injured. Fultz has looked better, man, but as much as I'm rooting for Fultz, he just don't have it. So I'm going to go ahead right now and slide Milwaukee into that third spot, man. And If they keep this up, if Giannis keep this up, he's going to be in line to receive his first MVP award, and they are ecstatic about him in Milwaukee is rightfully so. They feel like the staff there that he hasn't scratched the surface on what he's capable of. I was listening to a pod podcast on ES from ESPN today and they were saying how the Scott scouts are just raving about Milwaukee and their offense. So 
We're going to keep an eye on Milwaukee going forward. I'm going to go ahead and put them in the third spot. And that brings me to Philly. They've been doing this thing where Fultz starts the game, but Reddick plays the second halves. They still have the problem with the shooting, not enough shooting. Joel Embiid has looked good, but at times, again, struggling with passing out the double team. Simmons hasn't really shot any threes. Fultz jump shot still doesn't look pure to me. And I posted a video on him on from YouTube at Washington just to kind of remind people on Twitter that Fultz was really, really good. And again, one of the more bizarre stories we've ever seen. Don't know what really happened with that young man mentally, man, but I'm going to continue to root for him, but it doesn't look good. Um, we're going to give it some more time with Philly. I'm not completely writing them off, but man, Milwaukee looks really serious in Philly. They definitely have some work to do, and I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that, um, you know, they're just the third best team. And I didn't understand some of the moves they made, and maybe they couldn't land some of the big-time free agents. But I didn't like their offseason really at all, and I didn't think they did anything to really better their team. Covington is a great defensive player, but he can't be your starting three like that. You can't rely on him offensively in playoff games. So we're going to have to watch Philly, but um, – with that being said, I'm going to see, is there anything else in the East I wanted to kind of talk about real quick before I switch over to the West? Mm, no, nah, it looks like that's it. I kind of mainly, like I said, I wanted to hit the top teams. Um, Kimball Walker's look good. He's another one playing for a bag. He's looking to get him some money. Um, Got to give credit to Zach Levine. Wouldn't assign him to that $80 million deal, but he's looked well for the Bulls. Hometown guy, Jabari, he's looked okay, not so much. Um, looks like that's good. they're not going to probably exercise that team option unless something changes, man. He's going to go ahead and get that $20 million, then we'll see what happened with him. But um, really, that's really about it with the storylines. Um, so with that being said, we're going to pause, take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back on the other side and talk about the Western Conference. More to come from the Off the Glass podcast. Hey there, this is your host Z from the Off the Glass podcast. Make sure to head over to the website, www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. While you're there, make sure to read the blogs. Go ahead and grab yourself a t-shirt, many different colors in stock. Also, follow your boy on Twitter, ZJ at Off The Glass. Follow me on Instagram at ZachTheOffTheGlass.com. Make sure to subscribe, like, download, all those good stuff. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Off The Glass podcast. This is your host, Z. Thanks for joining me. And as I preview before, we're going to jump right into the Western Conference Talk about the Lakers real quick. I mean, it's going to be the storyline. It's LeBron James. So, I mean, what you want me to do, people? Got to talk about LeBron. And as I stated before, their schedule is really, really tough. They got um, their first win against Phoenix on the road. They had a really impressive win against Denver. But they were able to – they didn't – they blew a game that they should have won. They're going to kick themselves um, at home earlier in the week, last week, against um, San Antonio. They lost that game. It was a thrilling game, but they lost that game. Of course, Ingram, as we all know by now, he's been suspended four games. He got one more game to go. Rondo was back the other night when they played at San Antonio. Another game, another close game that they lost. Um, Chris Paul came back for Houston as well. But with the Lakers, 
it's going to be an up and down season for them. Um, I wish they would continue to lean in with their on their lean on their young fellas as they go forward. And it looks like that's what Walton is going to do. Um, Lance has played well in spurts for them. McGee, I heard a lot of criticism about McGee. I didn't expect him to be a great defender like that, but he's played well for them offensively. And again, like I stated, if they would have had him and Brooke Lopez, the Lakers would really be dangerous because McGee has never been somebody who could play at long stretches like that. He's just never been that kind of player. So Kuzma's look good at times. I still think he shoots a little too much, but when he plays him within himself, he's a definite offensive threat. Um, Hart has looked outstanding, and I, I predicted that. I feel like he needs to get a lot of minutes. The issue going forward is when they go to these small ball five lineups, if they can get LeBron to guard the five a little bit because Kuzma is just getting destroyed at the five. But those are their best lineups when they go Kuzma, LeBron, Ball, Hart, and, and Rondo. Um, we need to see less of KCP. Give Hart those minutes, man. Um, I know that's LeBron's guy, supposedly, and all that, but he doesn't need to really get those minutes. And I'm not really big on starting like that. If you want to start KCP, keep him in his routine. But then give um, Hart those minutes. I'm fine with that. But the Lakers have got to get through weather this storm. As I stated, their first 11 to 12 games was a tough schedule. So that if they come out of this about 500 or maybe one or two games out of 500, they'll be in great shape. Um, the Rockets look like, man, I find it hard to believe that Ariza and Balmute was that important. But again, they added Carmelo. And I don't want to sit on here and just keep you know, throwing shade at Melo, but I mean, it's over with, man. It is. And for somebody that's a volume scorer, who's not playing any defense, when you have him and James Hart on the court, I mean, it really, really makes their defense tough. And that's what made them great last year that, you know, you had a reason out there. You only had Harden, who was your weakest defender. And at times he played well when he was really engaged and locked in and bought into the, the principles that they was trying to do. But when you put him out there, along with another like a Michael Carter-Williams. I mean, it's just not going to cut it. So it's no surprise that, you know, they've been linked to trying to get Jimmy Butler down there again. Supposedly they're offering four first-round picks. But Fibolo is not going at come point. Like, he wants somebody back that could play this year. And, you know, they have to make a move because they already know their window is short with Chris Paul. They know they got, like, this year and maybe next year is another great year with him and Harden. And you don't want to – waste this this window that you have to win a championship so they, they're desperate to kind of make another move and they're going to have to make another move because as much as I don't want to throw shade on Melo he's just one of those players when he comes to their team things just get different man and he affects the the chemistry they just haven't looked good lost a lot of games the defense is terrible Mike D'Antoni even said he doesn't understand why he can guard well in the first half but can't close it out in the second half so Going to have to keep an eye on Houston. I think they got to move. I think Daryl Moore is going to make a move to kind of better that roster because Michael C. Dub, Michael Carter-Williams and Carmelo is just not going to cut it. As I stated with the Butler situation, he's still not been traded. That situation is just a disaster. And you know what? Even though I, I side on both sides, Fibodeau to me should be fired. If the owner wants him traded, trade it. Um, trade on Fibolo at this point he's only doing things that's going to help protect his job and rightfully so I get it you know he's not doing things that's really going to benefit the organization but at the same time I understand that the owners in the gym because they made the playoffs last year that fan base is looking for a winner they don't want to go back backwards so I get it but 
man, uh, Towns doesn't look look like himself. I mean, he had games where he only took 10 shots, six shots. Um, Wiggins is Wiggins. Um, you know, Butler is the best player on their team, but the chemistry is off. They don't look like they enjoy playing with each other. Um, on, a, on one of the same ESPN pods, one of the reporters has say, stated that when they had one of the one game at home, the locker room was empty and only Jimmy Butler was in there to talk to the media. I mean, this is just a disaster, a toxic, volatile situation that they need to go ahead and just hurry up and wrap this up. So wherever they send Butler, let's get this back so we can get Towns back. And this proves that what Butler was saying a little bit about Towns because it shouldn't affect you as a player and your professionalism. You get out there, you play hard, you leave it on the court. But, you know, some guys want it more than others. Like, you never hear this about Giannis. All you hear about is how Giannis wants to be great. Giannis works hard. But you don't hear these same kind of comments when it comes to a Carl Anthony Towns, as great as his talent is, or even an Andrew Wiggins. So, that Minnesota thing has been a disaster. The other surprise right now is the Pelicans. They did lose the other night to the Utah Jazz in a blowout. But uh, Anthony Davis hasn't played. Anthony Davis right now, Giannis and Steph Curry are three MVP candidates. Davis has looked unbelievable on both sides and i wrote again that blog post check it out on the on the website about how anthony davis could possibly be the first player since michael jordan to win defensive player of the year and offensive player he's been that dominant he's looked that good julius Randle signing has been great um drew holiday has picked up right where he's left off he's played good man they could need they could use one wing player they have another team that could have used somebody like a danny green type player and I keep using him because I don't know of anybody else that a team were willing to be given to give them up without you having to lose a lot of your assets because they need one more wing player but New Orleans has been great Anthony Davis has been a superstar has played well and um it's going to be interesting to see following that story again I don't think and I think it's a lazy take that just because he signed with Rich Paul Clutch Sports that he's going to leave and just head to L.A. and and Rich Paul is going to gift wrap Anthony Davis for LeBron James and the Lakers. So um, he might stay in New Orleans. He might leave. But him, Giannis, and Steph. And let's talk about Steph. 51 points the other night three quarters. And I hate when they take him out the game. And I know you want to show class. You don't want to rub it in. But, man, this is the NBA. These are grown men. I want to see if somebody can come close to either breaking Kobe's record now or Wilt Chamberlain. And the way Steph was knocking down shots, he was 11 for 16 from three. This is, I think, the third or fourth time he's made 11 threes in the game. He followed it up with another 30-point game. And in Brooklyn tonight, him and KD right now are killing it. Steph is averaging almost 34 games. Steph, KD is right there at 30 a game. Thompson has struggled. Draymond, he looks okay. We're going to watch that. You can kind of tell Golden State is going to pace themselves, except for Curry. Curry came out to prove a point to say, hey, y'all keep talking about Durant being the best player in the league, the best player on his team. And you know what? I'm going to have to agree with the, the Zach Lowe podcast. I'm going to have to agree with Zach Lowe. Um, Steph is more closer to KD and LeBron than the rest of the guys that's behind him. And I don't know why we don't look at Steph and give him the credit he do. He's already going to be the greatest shooter that the league has ever seen. And, I mean, he's been out, I mean, on a terror. And you could tell he's playing with such a type of focus and a ferocity and the energy that he's wanting to remind people that, hey, I'm still here. Yeah, we got KD, but, hey, we won a title without KD. So if KD does leave, um, 
Steph is going to take the reins, you know, right back over as the best player on that team. And he's making his case that he is the best player on this team. And I actually had picked Kevin Durant to win the MVP because I thought he had a lot to prove. All the controversy about is he going to leave? Is he going to stay? You know, this, that, and the third. And, you know, I, I should have picked Steph, man, because Steph looks great. And I didn't buy into the reason that just because they play on a great team with another great player, you can't win an MVP because when – KD first joined the team, we was floating the narrative out there that he could have been the MVP, then he got hurt in Washington, and that was all for that. So um, who else has looked good? Phoenix um, has looked okay. Utah has looked really good as expected. They brought back their whole unit. The chemistry's there. Joe Ingles is playing like an all-star. I don't know if he's going to get it because the, the West is stacked. Um, Donovan Mitchell is finally getting his stride back. He kind of had a slow start. Uh, Crowder looks comfortable again. Just a really good team, man. And just a well, I can't state it enough, well-run organization. No shock there. Portland has played well. Damian Lillard averaging almost 30 a game. He's been on a tear. Um, he's making a bid to be an all-star again, be all-NBA. I still feel like they need to break that team up. Just to jump back to the East real quick, just like I feel like they need to break that Washington Wizards team up, man. I just feel like John Wall is staggering, is uh, stagnating uh, Bradley Beal's growth because I feel like Bradley Beal is just not a catch-and-shoot guy. He's a guy that needs to have the ball in his hand as well, and it's just not working. As talented as that backcourt is, I don't like the chemistry. I don't like that team. It needs to be broken up, and I think ultimately C.J. McCollum needs to get traded. You hold on to Dame, and you break that Portland roster up. I would make the deal right now. If I'm Portland, I'm on the phone saying, hey, we'll give you C.J., for Kevin Love. Let's make that happen. Get Kevin back in, in Portland, in the Oregon area where he's from. Give uh, Damian another one-two punch that can go well with his game. He can step out. He can shoot. Kevin can post up a little bit. So I'd rather see that happen. So I wanted to close out the podcast with something I call the Rookie Corner. And Luka Doncic hasn't disappointed. He's looked well. Trey Young has played well, man. I got to give it to him. He um, didn't have a good game the other night against um, Chicago, but he's played well. He's had already one big night. Um, Aidenus looks solid. If you're Sacramento, Bagley has looked solid. But, man, if Sacramento would have took Luka and paired him with De'Aaron Fox, who's been playing well in his sophomore campaign, you really would have had something there. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. has got minutes because his name escapes me right now, but – one of Memphis's players has gotten injured, so he's been playing well. So all the top picks, the guys that we expect to have really, really played well. Um, Dante DiVincenzo out of Villanova has played well in Milwaukee. His teammate, Rick, um, Rick I'm saying his dad, Jalen Brunson has played well for the Mavs. He gets minutes for them down the stretch. And it's kind of sneaky how they sneak him out there. He does a little bit more of the ball handling. And they play uh, Dennis Smith Jr. off the ball a little bit. So, um just on the, on the drop by. I haven't done a podcast in a couple weeks. Um, life has been busy. Life has been hectic. But um, thanks for listening today. Make sure, again, to head over to those sites. Make sure to, to follow me on the social media apps. Make sure to like my stuff. Um, again, this is your host, Z. Thanks for joining me. This will bring another episode of the Off the Glass podcast to a close. Stay safe out there. Peace.
Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.